You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday to you. You know what that means. It's the Michigan Mailbag. Let's get right into it on the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And yes, we are, uh, we are going to get to it. Uh, starting with the leaders and best, I do want to point out that I have another awesome home field shirt, this time Florida. They're just going to keep coming. That's where we're at. Anyway, we are going to try to keep this time kind of, you know, we're, we're not going to go 50 minutes anymore on these because they told me not to. So we are going to just do what we can to get this all in a regular, relatively, at least under 40. I feel like we're good that way. Uh, but before we do continue, I do have to tell you that today's episode of Lockdown Wolverines is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, let's get into this with our leaders and best, starting with James Gridup at James Gridup 6. I've seen a lot of blame shifted Harbaugh's direction. I feel that the loss was much more of a product of poor execution from the players, unfortunate officiating, McDonald's struggling to adjust to tempo. Where do you stand? I had some issues with, I don't think it's necessarily Harbaugh, but I had some issues with Gaddis as well, trying to get too cute at times. To me, the most egregious thing, honestly, for me, was the third and three play call on the penultimate drive. That, to me, was the biggest issue. Really thought that, hey, if you, you need three yards, you got two downs to do it, you got two minutes left, don't go for the end zone because they could just win the game or you can, you know, just try to get the first down and you can win the game, stuff like that. I don't know. So I, I think that you're kind of hitting the nail on the head, though, with everything else. You, like everything else is there was poor execution from the players. There was unfortunate officiating. McDonald did struggle to adjust to tempo. Players didn't tackle. That's part of the uh, execution. But it's kind of a little bit of everything. As I've been saying all week, a perfect confluence of events. So Josh Barajadiki. Indiana has played tough in a lot of losses this year, and similar to Nebraska, I don't think they are as bad as their record indicates. I wouldn't be surprised by a close game, but will fans be happy anything with anything less than a dismantling of the Hoosiers? No, they won't be. But I, I don't. I even though I did predict a bigger win, just because I think Michigan's just. I think when the fact that you've got Donovan McCauley starting, uh, you don't have Michael Penix coming off the game that you got to do, you got to take out some aggression. So no, I don't think fans are going to take it uh, very well if it's a close game. And certainly it goes back to, you know, Hey, they're not, you know, if you can't beat Indiana by more than this, then you're not going to be able to beat Penn state. Okay. Whatever. Each game is its own microcosm, you know, it's its own universe. You can only transitive property things so much. It is kind of what we have to go off of in a lot of ways. You know, hey, this team blew out that team. And that team played a close game against that team. But every game can, you know, Ohio State once upon a time lost to a bad Iowa team. Michigan lost to a bad Iowa team too. Ohio State lost to a not good Purdue team. It happens, you know. Each game is its own deal. But, uh, yeah, anyway. 
My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at MWolf21, are the player-led meetings new this year? Uh, I wouldn't imagine not. I don't know if they were happening last year, but so they might be new to this year after last year. But here's the thing I will say about them and why they're important is that it seems like they have a leadership council that the players are listening to that are actually holding everybody accountable. You just hope that you don't see a repeat of say, like, I just remember back to, uh, remember back to like the 2019 version of the game and you know, nine, eight or nine, whatever it was dropped passes. Like, man, they just, if they had some, somebody who would, if these players felt more accountable, then like that happens once or twice, but it doesn't happen like eight or nine straight times, you know? And it seems like they're holding each other accountable in ways that we haven't necessarily seen before. And that's a good thing, but I don't know. I, I don't think that they're brand new. I'm sure that they've had them, but it seems like maybe last year they didn't have them. The no pointing fingers thing is new because certainly everyone's kind of said, hey, unlike last year, we're not pointing fingers or trying to blame a position group or trying to blame other players. We're all kind of in this together. So that's good. That's a change. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. You can only attend three Big Ten basketball games this winter. What three games are you picking? I mean, Michigan would be involved probably in all of them, and it would just be probably the two Michigan State games and Ohio State. <laughs> that's all I that's all I'd care about. Um I don't know really. I I just don't I don't get up for basketball the same way I do football. Uh, I will later but like it's, it's to the point that I don't know what the everyone's schedule is. I don't know what every team is. I just football, I'm in it for like the whole thing. I'm in it for like every team, right? Like I want, I want to know who's playing who, when they're playing them basketball. I don't care as much, right? Like I, I care about Michigan, but I, it's as far as following Michigan, but for the other teams, I just, I, whatever, I'm not, I'm not that high on it. I'm not that crazy about it. Number two, outside of the Michigan game, what game are you looking forward to the most this weekend? That one is easy. I want to see Michigan state at Purdue because Purdue seems kind of specifically qualified to punish Michigan State. You heard what Austin Treesh said. I, I think I think he said, or Anthony Treesh, mixing Austin Gale and Anthony Treesh, said on Wednesday's podcast, uh, you look at the, I think he said it on the podcast. Maybe he said it before or after. I don't remember because we obviously we talk a little bit before and after. But uh, Purdue has the defense to do it because they like to be like, hey, stop the run. We're going to stop it at all costs. They haven't the corners, the secondary to be able to still make big plays on the ball. And then offensively, they like to throw like it's nobody's business. So I'm curious about that game. We've already seen them take down one top five team in Iowa. Let's see if they'll do it again. Number three, can we have a guest appearance on the podcast by Zuri? Let's see, Zuri. Let's see. We're going to try for those who are on video. Come here. You got to get up on camera. There she is. Not very happy about this. There you go. There's there's some Zuri action for you if you're watching. That's an incentive to watch the YouTube, and now she's over it. She thought something more important was happening. KRT at Farmark 84. How do you feel about Michigan being a 19.5-point favorite against Indiana? I can't get a feel for IU this year. Are they good, bad, or just meh? Well, they're injury-riddled. I think that they were kind of bad anyway in that Michael Penix, when he was the quarterback, was making a lot of mistakes that he wasn't making last year. Um, 
some elements of the defense have weren't quite as good as they were last year either. They still have Taiwan Mullen, but I mean he's been injured here and there. But it just wasn't it wasn't as crisp and a lot of the bounces that went their way last year aren't going their way this year. So I think to start it was like, well, they're not they're not what they were last year, but still that should have been enough. That should have been like what Michigan State tended to be outside of like their winning Big Ten championship years, where it's like Nobody wants to play them type thing. Now, I, don't, I still don't think anyone wants to play them, but it's it's just you add injuries to the mix. It's just not good. So that's that's my take on it. Brandon at Brandon S616. Are all fan bases as toxic as the Michigan fan base? What do you think contributes the most to the red zone struggles? I don't know about the red zone struggles. It just seems like whenever they get there, they find themselves in third and longs. I feel like I was going to say they don't necessarily go for it, but they do go for it. Like, I mean, the end zone, they don't draw up things that are relatively easy. I mean, things get more condensed down there defensively. It's always harder in the red zone. And like Michigan State already, like we're talking about it as if Michigan State isn't good about keeping teams out of the red zone. That's kind of what they do. Uh, So, I mean, that's part of it. As far as the fan bases, yeah, I'm sure. And I know I got more questions about the fan base, but there are definitely more toxic fan bases. I would say that, I mean, because like when Alabama loses, everyone's like, say, you know, as Saban lost his edge, it's time to time to move on. You know, one the one game a year they lose, you know, like he gets no reprieve from a, a bunch of people in the fan base. But, I mean, if, if you feel bad about the Michigan fan base, Go to Red Cedar Message Board, <laughs> really, at any time, and see how that fan base acts. It's uh, I, I'll t- I'll say this for as much lambasting the Michigan fan base that I do, I'd much rather deal with the Michigan fan base than that fan base. Put it that way. Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph twenty one fifty six. Did MSU open up the offense and passing game to allow for more balance when needed? Mm, no, I just think that it was more that. Uh, Kenneth Walker III is really good, and he made people miss. And Michigan also did things like take bad angles, miss tackles. I don't feel like they opened up the offense. The passing game was still anemic for them. It's like 196 yards or something like that passing. I know they had a little bit more success late, but it was really just on third downs. It kind of felt like Michigan's third down defense reverted back to last year. So I don't think it's that, but... What are you going to do? We're moving on from that. Right, Zuri? Yeah, she doesn't care. (laughs) All right. We are going to continue here momentarily. This is probably the fastest I've gotten through the first uh, of the things. So, anyway. uh, As said, this episode of Lockdown Wolverines is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet for up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, or the home team or away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Lord knows it's uh, it's a place that I've gone uh, when, uh, this is probably not the best example, but when I'm feeling a little bit down. McDonald's is one of my go-tos. I love to uh, I love to go and get a burger from there, uh, or road trips certainly. Definitely when I'm going to uh, any of the Indiana schools, I feel like I stop off at a Loves 
on the border of Indiana and Ohio and uh, get some Mickey D's happens every time. So whether it's, uh, you know, connecting to Wi-Fi when you need to get work done, like my former colleague uh, used to always do birthday parties, grabbing McDonald's after a busy day or when you're late for something and need to get something delicious and dependable, head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm loving it. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's continue. My microphone is not staying up. You see me constantly adjusting if you're watching the video. Kind of, kind of obnoxious, but anyway. Uh, all right, let's move on. A bunch from Jim at Jim in the North. Welcome back. I'm bummed about the game, but happy that the team seems resilient. I like this team and staff. One thing that is tough, though, is how MSU reloaded through the portal. Do we not do that due to the philosophy, or does admissions slash academics get in the way? MSU redid their team in a year. Yes, the admissions academics is the big impediment there because a lot of other places, you ain't going to be able to get things to transfer over. Last time Michigan tried to get a, get some underclassmen in, they were able to get one of three. Michigan was certainly trying to get Deontay Anderson and Van Jefferson to come. Van Jefferson ended up here, the shirt that I'm wearing right now. Uh, Deontay... I don't even remember where he ended up, but he, I mean, let me put it this way. We at, when I was at 24 seven sports, which I was at the time, we had a, uh, committed graphic for Deontay Anderson. That was, but academics gets in the way. Things don't transfer over. So that's uh, the big thing. Thanks for dealing with the vocal minority. The team was right. A loss and a bunch of people jump off the bandwagon and try to break the wheels. Uh huh. 100%. And yeah, I I understand it's a vocal minority. The thing is, and I know people get frustrated with me, I've I've seen the reviews. uh, You have to keep in mind that the people who are content, and I shouldn't say content, but the people who are at least, let's say competent (laughs) in their fandom, they're not the ones that are tweeting at me. They're not the ones commenting on everything, right? Like sometimes, yeah, sometimes you guys do that. But the ones that... uh, the ones that I hear from the most in the good or the bad are the ones that are saying crazy, insane things. I'll get literally at least hundreds, if not thousands of comments across all of the channels, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the, it's, it's hard to not react to that. You know what I mean? Because that's what, that's my, you know, my job is to be a liaison between the program and the fans. So when the fans all say something crazy in unison, that's when we, that's when I address it. I understand a lot of you are majority of you are not like that, but yes, it is a vocal minority and it's frustrating. 
Thanks for the pod again. I'm exhausted with the quote fans. If you had to guess, what is your prediction for the remaining games? Is this a good season for you if we win all but Ohio State? I think that's probably what's going to happen. Is they're going to win all but Ohio State? And yes, it would be a good season. I, th- I thought that 8-4 and four would be a good season because I was like, okay, beat Washington and then win another one of those other ones, right? I think is what it was because you had Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State. So maybe it was just those. And then I think I've maybe included Indiana in that because of what they were. But I thought actually 9-3 and three was like, hey, that's a really successful season because you beat one of those, you beat a couple of those teams that you, none of, no one really thought they were going to beat going into the year. 10-2, and two, considering what we just saw, 2-6, and six, yeah, that makes it a really good season. Is it up to the standard set here at Michigan? And, you know, hey, need to beat Michigan State and Ohio State? You lose only to the two rivals? No, that's not it's, – it's, I'm not saying it's necessarily acceptable. It's just that it's still not a failure of a season overall. You at least – you got you to gotta crawl before you can walk. I always want to do the Ocean's Eleven saying, yeah, walk before you can crawl. But who do we likely lose next year? If this team finishes 9-3 and three or 10-2, and two, does enough talent come back to build on to uh, come next year? Uh, I, I would imagine so, because you still got a lot of guys we haven't seen. Let's say Hutch, you know, Hutchinson's gone, right? Let's say Ojabo climbs up those draft boards. We still, you still probably have Mike Morris. He probably hasn't done enough to necessarily leave unless, you know, you never know what's going to happen in these last four games. You still got guys that we haven't really seen yet, like Braden McGregor. So there, there's still a lot of untapped talent. Um, I think it's still too early to speculate who's going to go outside of the seniors. I'd imagine you get Ronnie Bell back healthy. Uh, I don't think there's any other receivers where it's like, all right, see ya. Same with tight ends. Uh, you, then you're, you're de- you know, as far as the offensive line, you're going to be losing at least Stuber, probably Hayes, maybe Hayes. I don't know. Definitely Vistardis. But you've got other guys you can plug in there. So I, I think that you'll you'll pretty much bring the band back together next year. Next year has the possibility of being the 2016 season type. So I think I think it's going to be something like that. Uh, I didn't see the game. I was at Northwestern and people were screaming for JJ. Now I read the after action on MSU and people say Harbaugh is an idiot for putting him in. Was Cade injured or was putting JJ in just trying to light a spark? A little bit of both, I believe. I don't know the timing of when Cade went into the medical tent. I was not looking over on that on the sideline to see him go. I all I know is before, after he fumbled on the one drive, I said to the photographer next to me, "That has to be it. You have to be done with JJ for this game." And then he comes out the next series, and there's another fumble. Uh, I think that the coaches were getting too cute. Regardless, I think they probably would have continued to put him in. I just think that Kate had done enough at that point where they don't need to continue getting JJ experience. So to me, it was stay with the hot hand. I think you're disrupting rhythm at that point. And uh, I would have, uh, I would have stuck it out with Cade. If he was injured, which it sounds like he was the different story, but is what it is now. Jacob Chaveria at Jacob, 172-139-50. If OSU, MSU, and Michigan all end the season with one loss to each other, who goes to the Big Ten Championship? Uh, I believe the answer to that is the highest ranked. If my memory going back to 2015 is right, the highest ranked 
which in that case, it would probably be Michigan because it would be the last one to have that, uh, to have the big win over the ranked opponent. I don't know for sure, but let's, that would be presuming that Ohio state loses to MSU and then, or Ohio state beats MSU rather in Michigan, uh, beats Ohio state. Would Lane Kiffin be an acceptable replacement for Jim if the season goes off the rails? I don't think he... I love Lane. I, I, did I tell you all the story about... Let's play some insider baseball. So I have Lane Kiffin's phone number. When Gaddis was being hired, uh, <laughs> I should not share these types of things because this is all but assuring that he's going to be here at some point, like Mike Hart. Uh, but uh, I... I have Lane Kiffin's phone number. When there was the when Gaddis was hired, there were rumors of hey, Michigan's going to be bringing in a new offensive coordinator, and the rumors were, hey, it's it, Lane Kiffin's going to leave FAU and come to Michigan. And there was so much smoke out there that I was like, oh, screw it, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to like this is totally unsubstantiated, but I can can figure this out right now. So I texted him and said, hey, no, this is kind of a weird thing to ask, but. Uh, any validity to this. And he responded in about five seconds flat saying, hell no. <laughs> so I don't know. I just don't think that it's a personality fit for Michigan personally. Zach Van Lenty at Lenty Zach. MSU defensive game plan should have just been to let Michigan offense get inside the 20. Why can't this offense figure out the red zone? I love Coram as a back, but he's done a tremendous job. However, I think two plays that really cost us against MSU is the dropped pass on the outside in the first half on third down and the fumble late in the game. Can Coram bounce back this week against Indiana? Yeah, because really these were only his first two kind of glaring mistakes. I mean, yeah, he's made other mistakes throughout, but these are the first two that were just costly, you know? Uh, as far as the uh, the red zone, again, I don't, I'm I'm not good enough to really be able to tell you you know, what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, wasn't good. <sighs> wasn't good. AJK at AJK4UM. Three things I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Is Gaddis ever going to stop trying to be too cute in the red zone? Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, that's a normal thing for coaches to kind of get cute. But, yeah, they do kind of get away from the bread and butter stuff sometimes. And here's the thing. Is it great? It's great when it works, and it's terrible when it doesn't. The problem for Michigan is it just hasn't been working. So got to go back to the drawing board in mo moments like that. Number two, are the linebackers going to learn gap discipline versus cutback lanes? Yeah, keep in mind, it's a new system, a completely new system. There's still some bugs being worked out. I know people want, like, keep in mind, it sometimes it just takes a long time for things to get fully worked out. This is an NFL system. Disappointing what happened, but yeah. Number three, is Mac going to figure out the subs thing ever? OSU will kill us. Uh, I would imagine so after this last week. After this last week, especially with the Jim Harbaugh saying on Monday, hey, nah, we're not doing this like that anymore. We're not, you know, we, we can't be doing these subs when they're not substituting. Yeah, I think that that's going to be done. Number four, is Cade the liability Devin Gardner says? No, he is not. He's not a liability. It's that's it. That him being called a liability. I haven't heard what Devin Gardner said. The only times I ever hear what Devin says in regards to this, because I, I talk to him, but I don't talk to him about this stuff. It's uh, it is strictly through you guys. And no, I don't think he is a liability. Is he this 
super elite quarterback? No, he's not that either. But you know what? We might see a different Cade McNamara these last four weeks. I talked about the other day about Jake Rudock. There are all of everyone is loves to love on Jake Rudock. Jake Rudock didn't really start showing up until week ten in twenty fifteen. Did like nothing until week ten, and so some revisionist history and how that has gone. Uh, all right, Rob Anto at Rob Anto one. What's worse for you, losing to a rival where it's obvious you were the better team, or getting embarrassed by a rival where it is obvious you were not even close to their level? Personally, I can't remember a loss that hurts as bad as last Saturday's. I don't know. It's a little bit of both, right? Because you look at 2016, Ohio State, you look at this game. It's because it's like you feel like you play 10 times, you're going to get at least seven out of those 10. It doesn't work that way. You just got to sit on it for a year. You don't know what's going to happen the next year either. But then it's also not a good feeling when you feel like you play Ohio State now and it's hopeless. Like they're just worlds ahead of you and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. I think that the. I think probably that's what makes the close ones worse because certainly Michigan looked like the better team for a good three quarters, if not more of that game, in my opinion, and probably most of yours. Adam Casel at Adam underscore Casel. Why does it seem that Notre Dame, MSU, and OSU have home field advantage with officials, but Michigan does not? Is there anything Manuel can do? does with the conference to address this. Michigan made plenty of mistakes on both sides of the ball and gave up two leads, but officials impacted the game. And saw uh, on three apparently is reporting that Big Ten apologized to Michigan for the overturned touchdown. Hooray. <laughs> Thought the Big Ten had a policy that ain't night games. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, to answer that, I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, you're right. It does seem that way. Michigan doesn't seem to get those types of benefits, but yeah, um, Anyway, I thought the Big Ten had a policy that any night games in November had to be announced prior to the season. Have they given all of that over to the networks? Who seriously thought that 7-1 Michigan versus 2-6 Indiana was a compelling night game? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's last three weeks. So uh, it's uh, they have to um, next the next week and the following is when that comes into, uh, into account. But no, it's the next three weeks, not the... Uh, the, not just the entire month of November. Uh, so, all right. Brandon Carpenter at Big House, go blue underscore. Bye-bye, Maze Pants for the road. Does Michigan, when facing up-tempo te- teams, not just substitute from here on out unless the opposing team does? That seemed to bite us quite a few times. I would imagine that has to be the case, right? Like, you can't you, you can't just uh, do that, right? You Like, you have to... I wouldn't say you don't substitute at all necessarily, but like, as if you're going up against a huddle team and you've got, got a chance, but certainly if like, you just have to pay attention to what's happening. And I just didn't feel like Mike McDonald was paying attention to what was happening. That's kind of where I'm at on that. Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore still feel like everything is in front of us. We would still have to win out regardless thoughts. Yeah, it is. It all is still there. If you win out, and yeah, Michigan State might win out, but if you win out, chances are you're still, depending on what happens with the, uh, d- depending on what would happen with some of these other teams, it, it, it ahead of Michigan, there's a good chance that Michigan could end up in the playoff, as Michigan State would, right? You could end up with uh, two Big Ten teams, one SEC team. You could end up with two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams. Oregon's gonna fall off because they don't play anybody for the rest of the year. Uh, 
Cincinnati's ahead of Michigan, but Michigan playing, you know, if Michigan beats Ohio State, they're going to move them up. So, yeah. Tyler at T underscore Force One. Thanks for the Frida Petito's recommendation. It was awesome. Going forward, who do you think is the key player on offense for the rest of the season? My vote is for Andrew L. Anthony. Gives the wide receiver core dynamic they haven't had based off of what he showed last week. Exactly. He has to be it because he showed that he can go up over uh, a corner, over whoever, and make a play in a one-on-one situation. You got you to gotta do it now. You just got to. You got to go after Andrell. Um, not to keep things short, but yeah, Andrell Anthony would be my choice. He showed you something we haven't seen from receivers. And, well, we've seen it from Nico Collins, but aside from him, it's been a bit. And you're welcome on Frida Batidos. Zach at Zach Woodruff 3, nose pants ever on, again on the road. See, everyone's, I've been saying this anyway. When's the last time you saw May's pants worn on the road, right? When was the last time? Before, before it was in the Rich Rod era, it went before they made this, or not the Rich Rod, the Brady Hoke, before they switched to the white pants. It was at Ohio State. And, uh, and then fast forward, it's at Penn State in 2017. Yeah, no more. If Michigan loses to Penn State, Ohio State, and loses the bowl game to an SEC, nobody is Harbaugh done. I'd say probably not because they had still improved to, uh, in that case, it'd be nine and four after being two and four. So I wouldn't say he's done, but the leash would suddenly, I think then next year would be uh do these things or not. You know what I mean? Finishing us out is Chase Glasser via Instagram. What lake should JJ truthers jump into me included? Don't really know what that means. JJ. I don't know what a JJ truther is. So, You'll have to elaborate on that for me. Number two, what was McDonald doing subbing against Tempo? And, uh, yeah, sorry, email's up. Uh, in 2015, Kevin Wilson found out that by going Tempo, he could score 40-plus points on Michigan. He didn't just do it against Michigan. He did it against everybody. Something Ohio State replicated in 2018 and 19. Brown's offense or defense got Tempo to death by getting in really bad scheme fits whenever an offense went hurry up. Jordan Glasgow in a three technique, Hamler a one-on-one with a safety, various Ohio State seal bludgeonings. It was more than that. Ohio State knew what the deal, what the play calls were. Number one, first and foremost. Uh, number two, the Hamler one-on-one with Josh Metellus. Afterwards, Jim said that, and John Brown said even, that they they didn't sub out. They wanted to sub out and didn't sub out. So that's actually the other thing. Um, this is a Harbaugh thing as MGO blog has suggested, or is it a function of an NFL guy adjusting to college at some point, seven years in, it seems like a feature, not a bug. It Harbaugh has been hands off more so probably less so this year, but with Don Brown, he was hundred percent hands off. So this is not a Harbaugh thing. This was, that was all Don Brown. And then this, the, I, he's mostly hands off with Mike McDonald. I believe to some degree, he's way more involved in the offense. Uh, but these aren't, these aren't Harbaugh decisions that are being made. This is what he's delegating. So, but again, he said on Monday, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. So is what it is now. All right. Let us continue. But before we do look, we're back. We're better than ever. New web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds and lines than ever before. 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop on or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on. Receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let us continue on. We have a few more for you. Uh, I think we're going to be in the 40-minute range. No angry emails from the powers that be, hopefully. All right, because I am with you, the people. I sound like Bane, you know. You, the people. That's not a good Bane impression. I didn't work on it, but Jason Poitras at Jason Pointez. McNamara versus McCarthy feels very much like Henson slash Brady without a Steinbrenner stepping in to break it up. Do you see this continuing into next year? Who leaves in the portal? JJ's not leaving, right? Like he's the future at Michigan. I'm not saying Cade will. I don't know how it's going to work out. I have no idea how it's going to work out. But they're going to have to figure something out, certainly. And they're going to have to do it, I would imagine. I'd imagine by Ohio State, they're going to have to figure something out. Maybe, maybe the, I, I, I am ambivalent about the two quarterback thing, but I think if one su- suddenly is hot, you got to stick with them. Um, but I don't know, but you're right. It is very Henson Brady. So no more input on that. Chris at CCon 1979. What is in the offense? Use misdirection, hit the edges with receivers or backs. The speed is there. They do. They do. They do all kinds of different reverses and things like that, but. The problem is, is it's usually sniffed out. It's like you can see it coming when it's coming, kind of. But you, So maybe they need to dial it up a little bit better. But uh, they do use misdirection. It's just they don't do it well. Seems like whenever AJ, that's the problem. AJ Henning pees in, going to be misdirection, <laughs> you know, of some sort or a jet sweep or something. But maybe it's not as much misdirection as it is just motion. But it does seem like there's something there. Not Mr. M. Sider at SCH1258. When do fans stop settling for mediocre and realize Jim is just an above-average coach who rarely gets the full potential out of players and never out of a season? And then there's a there's a uh, continuation from part alternation mark Arseniak at Where Did Kemp Go? Follow-up question here, Isaiah. Why do we have the worst fan base in the country? Example above tweet. I don't think that's the worst uh, that's part of the worst fan base. I, it's just someone who's frustrated. Who are you going to get? That's my question, though. Like, who who do you think that suddenly is going to come in and get something much different? Right? Michi- Michigan is in a better spot than it was. It's basically Lloyd Carball now. It's in a better spot than it was. The problem is, is there's no, like, magic person to go out and get and suddenly elevate it because careful what you wish for. We've seen it not just at Michigan, other places, you know. They make the home run higher. I mean, Texas did it multiple times, maybe even this year, you know, with is Steve Sarkeesian really just knocking it out of the park. They, Tom Herman never had a loss the way that Texas lost to Arkansas. You know, it's 
It's not as easy as just saying, all right, we want, we want to win. Let's go do it. So does it need to be better? Yeah. But is it, it's not mediocre. Fans have stopped settling for mediocre forever ago. It's not the fan, you know, fans don't just want above average. Like you said, he's an above average coach. Fans don't want an above average coach. He, they want an elite coach. And Jim Harbaugh probably is that at least in the NFL. There have been issues that have kind of plagued him in one way or another. You, you don't have injuries in 2016. You probably could be a lot better, right? This year, who knows where the season goes? Yeah, it sucks to lose to Michigan State, but like I brought up in, was it 2017? Alabama lost to Auburn and still won the national championship. It happens. Not saying that Michigan will. I don't think Michigan will, but I'm just saying, like, losses happen. Alabama tended to lose at least a game every season that it was winning national championships, just how it goes sometimes. Ohio State lost a game in 2014. I know it's not a rival, but. Tyler Durden at Kevin LH, 1975. When will Michigan produce an elite quarterback? I mean, if it's not J.J. McCarthy, I don't know, but you're going to have to want to throw the ball more, which Michigan hasn't wanted to do until last week. You're going to have to get off of the idea of we're going to run it 45 times a game and get more into we're going to run it like 25 to 30 times a game and we're going to throw it 30 to 45 times a game. It's got to switch. Hasn't really happened until last week, so uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't have the answers as far as that's concerned. Will Mendoza at Willie Will 9 is college football the least psychologically healthy sport in America. We expect perfection each year from 18 to 22-year-olds, and we blame either the players or Harbaugh for not being Saban, Dabo, or Ryan Day, e.g. not having the five-star depth. We overreact to losses and underappreciate the wins. Yeah, I, I, I would say it is certainly the least psychologically healthy because there's only 12 regular season games, and compared to the NFL, which has 17 now, you lose a game in the NFL, it's like, all right, well, get them next week. You know, you play every, all of your rivals twice. You only get it one shot. If you aren't prepared, then, yeah, you can get upset. And uh, it, you have to be super prepared to be elite on top of having the five stars, right? This is the only time that Georgia's kind of looked elite. You know, like Georgia, every, like for all of the Michigan hand wringing, Georgia fans have been awfully patient considering they are t- typically a nine and three team, you know, with all those five stars. So yeah, it's, I can't think of anything else that's drains people as much and gets people this fired up. It's college football. That's why I say when people say like, you know, Yankees, Red Sox are the best rivalry in sports. Like, come on, they played like 20 times a year, man. Like, no, it's not the same. Not the same at all. Michigan gets one shot every year, Michigan State and Ohio State. That's it. You think, hey, maybe we fix some things. You won't know until that last Saturday in November. Cool Breeze at KBreeze 15. Is Josh Gaddis a good OC? I think the jury's still out on that. He's not a bad OC. I'd like to see the imagination continue. Um, I'd like to see it to be more explosive. I, I certainly think that they're trying to, but... They lost Ronnie Bell. That took away a lot of what the offense was probably planning on doing this year. And uh, I, I know we'll see. It's there's still time. We'll see how he does in these next four games. Get back to me after the Ohio State game. 
Jacob Palmer at Jacob underscore Palmer 13. Do you think we'll continue to see more of Andrell Anthony and see him break out? Or do you think it's more of a one and done big game? Now, I think you'll see plenty more of him because they've been saying he's been making these plays in practice. And it was just, he, even he said, Hey, I wasn't ready. It wasn't, I needed to, uh, to get uh, better at blocking. And he's like, they can't put me out there if I'm not good at run blocking, you know, and other things. So I think he just finally has gotten to that point where they feel comfortable putting him in because he's not, it's not a, he's not a liability on other plays. Fatball fan at T hound one, seven, seven, six, four, eight. Do you think this will be a hangover game after a tough loss? Or do you think Michigan comes out hungry and prove they belong? If I had to put money on it, it's the, the latter. I don't think they'll be hungover, but it might end up like as alluded to earlier, might end up looking like a hangover game, but I don't think it will be. Um, yeah, that's all I got. We're just speeding through this to keep us under time. We're already at 40, so I lied about the being under 40. DW at Wild01, what are your thoughts on the DBs playing with their back to the QB? Is that a technique that's taught? It's hard to use your athleticism to make a player defend the ball if you don't see it. Is it is for sure way better this year? The DBs were torched last year with that technique. That's part of a tentative man coverage is playing with your back to the ball. Uh, you don't have to play facing the QB because there's two different ways that you can you can play. If you're playing with the back to the QB, what you're looking for is for the wide receiver to put their arms, their hands up, and that's when you you try to get your hands inside. Uh, that's that's the tenet of uh, man coverage. You're, you're reading your man. You're not reading the ball, uh, but you can't grab. And that's what ends up being an issue. Uh, so it, it's fine playing with your back to the QB as long as you're good in your technique. Uh, certainly you see it work very well at a lot of different places. It worked well here in Ann Arbor for some time. Jay Depoy at Jay Depoy. Compare and contrast the criticisms launched at Lloyd Carr with Jim Harbaugh, antiquated system, etc., and the rush to bring in a more progressive offense. Our fan base has short-term memory loss. Be careful what you wish for. History is written by the failures uh, and the winners. But, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think they're pretty much one and the same. I think this is certainly a more advanced version of that offense that we used to see under Lloyd Carr. The um, It is different. It has modern elements to it. But yeah, it's it is funny. But I I think that you we'll see if you can win with this type of system. Georgia is going to try, you know. And uh, here's the thing: college football is cyclical, and it leads the way when it comes to football in terms of how games are played. You know, like if certainly college football could take a hard swing back to pro style now that everyone's starting to figure out how to defend different spread systems could take a hard swing back to the pro style. Lord knows, you know, there are teams that are doing different versions of it and things like the air raid, which are thriving. Well, they were thriving in the NFL right now, Kansas city, not doing very good. Uh, but there are certain things that they, they go in and out of style. I remember one of the football books I read, can't remember which one it was smart football. Had a whole chapter on how the wildcat is groundbreaking and it's here to stay. And now how often do you see it? I mean, you see it now and again, they made it sound like it's a huge staple. It, the thing is, is people start planning for things and things evolve and they change. And then you, you got some, it's, it all changes back. I mean, there's certainly something could be said of teams that are out there playing the wing T, you know, I mean, you look at your service academies, sometimes they have great luck. They're not going to make it the college football playoff, but 
you know, if you had a team with the talent of Alabama or, or Georgia playing a wing T, I mean, certainly it could work. Um, not saying that they run a wing T, the service academies per se. They run, obviously, the triple option. I'm just saying. I know there's variations of wing T that are triple option, but anyhow. Go Blue at T-Money, 1947. Why is Jim Harbaugh still the right coach for Michigan, and should he stay on for another 10 or 20 years? Don't ask me to say anyone should stay on for 10 or 20 years, especially, I mean, he's in his late 50s now. Um, That's a hard ask, but, I mean, he's still the right coach for Michigan, at least at the moment, because he's turned this thing around from what it was. He's gotten Michigan back even just in his tenure from people forget somehow how bad it was under... The other coaches, Brady Hoke's sole win over Ohio State was a closer than it should have been win against the worst Ohio State team in the last, I don't know, almost 30 years-ish. So, uh, you know, he, he's gotten Michigan up back off the mat. People like to pretend like Michigan's not relevant, but this Michigan has been in the college football playoff rankings seemingly more often than not. You just have moments like 2017 that that's not the case. Uh, 2019, because you got your losses out of the way early. You know, you have some of the harder teams on the schedule early. Um, For now, he's the right coach. I'm not going to commit to 10 or 20 years. I might not be able to commit to after next year. I'll give him through this year and next year for sure. But beyond that, I don't know. Finishing us out, Jeremy Bell at Jay Bone. 614, do you believe as I do that Jay and Jim Harbaugh's conservative approaches cost them at least 10 games? Yes, I can name them. I don't think 10 games... I don't think. Um, I think that there certainly have been times where they're not ready to play. Well, I wouldn't say 10 games. I think that they weren't being conservative this last week at all. Um, so I guess it's de- dependent on what your definition of conservative is. They do need to score more touchdowns right now. They are finding ways to stall out. That's not being conservative. It's offense stalling out in an inopportune time. You got to be able to execute all the way down the field. And it's harder when you get in the green zone or the red zone because you're a bit backed up. You don't have as much field space to work with. So they need to figure that out. But certainly there have been times when the conservative approach has hurt them. Uh, I don't know if that it's 10 games. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah. All right, that'll do it for us today. Uh, I, I, yeah, I did read that. Okay. Uh, long week. Long week. I was going to say, did I, did I even take a break? I did. All right. Thank you for watching and or listening. We'll be back tomorrow with Jake Butts to preview Indiana. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.